This podcast is for informational purposes only and is not an offer or solicitation of any offer to buy or sell securities. SNN Network and Maj Don are not licensed brokers, broker-dealers, market makers, investment bankers, investment advisors, analysts, or underwriters. We do not recommend any companies discussed. We may buy and sell securities in any company mentioned and may profit in the event those securities rise in value. We recommend you consult with a professional investment advisor, broker, or legal counsel before purchasing or selling any securities referenced in this podcast. Welcome back, everybody, to Avoiding the Crowd podcast with your host, Maj Swaydan. I'm your producer, Robert Kraft from SNN Network. We're, we're recording this on Labor Day. This is a Labor Day episode. You know, uh, we have a lot to go over. I mean, last week was a, was a pretty interesting week, and I, I think we have a lot to talk about today. So uh, with that, Maj, how are you doing today? What's going on? I'm good, man. Enjoying the weekend. Um, a long weekend. I played some tennis again, went to the gym, hurt my knee again. Perfect weekend. <laughs> so, so the cortisone shot didn't work. <laughs> well, I, not until I, well, I thought it did, <laughs> but so I was pushed. in bed for, bed for two days and I just sort of walked around today. So, I mean, what did, what did you, was it just like pushing off on the serve or like what? Uh, uh, you know, the thing is, when you're cortisone shot, you don't know you feel in pain. So until <laughs> next, like, three hours later when you're done, <laughs> I guess I overworked it and I'm definitely going to call my doctor and say, this, this is going to be working for six, six months. <laughs> he's like, he's yeah, like, call yeah. me back in six months. I don't know how you feel. I'll call you right now. That's how I feel. That's funny. <laughs> so, you, need, you, need, you need a couple more MGs on that one, dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I surgery, unfortunately. That's oh, too funny. And, and you know, I, I just had to say, like, I, I put, I have Palm Springs in the background. I got Palm Springs on my mind. We're finally, this is our first family trip since November. So oh, we're, wow. yeah. So we're like, Get out of Dodge. The little one. Yeah, with the, the first trip, I ask everybody to pray for us so that uh, that she sleeps at a, at a you know, and she she's able to she's she's actually a great sleeper. She can sleep at, at you know at our home at her at her grandparents' houses, but hasn't been to a sleeping overnight at an Airbnb. So we'll uh, wish us luck, man. It should, it should, it should be inter- interesting. I just hope she gives mom and dad a, a couple extra Z's, man. We could, <laughs> we could yeah, use it. Yeah. <laughs> Fine for you. Oh, thanks, dude. So anyways, let's dig right in, man. Um, last week, we're, like I said, we're recording this on, on Labor Day. By the way, happy Labor Day, everybody. Hope, you're enjoy- hope you had a great Labor Day weekend. Um, last week, volatile week, you know? So, you know, a lot of ins, a lot of outs, or a lot of ups, a lot of downs, mostly mostly downs. And, you know, it's it's interesting because on my podcast, on Planet Microcap and some of our other shows and some of the some panels that we've even been on together, we've talked about a lot how, you know, and I think this is kind of blown out of proportion about how a lot of investors, maybe that focus specifically on microcaps, you know, a lot of their advice is like, ah, don't look at the, don't look at the markets every day. Don't, don't pay attention to what's going on in the Dow. But you know, it's kind of hard on, especially when you're seeing a day like, or a couple days like it was last week, and especially in these turbulent times that we're in right now, you see market down 2%. You're going to look, right? You're going to see how that's affecting your portfolio, right? Like, I mean, it's uh, it, it's an interesting. It was an interesting week. So I, I figured, let, let, you know, what, what's some of your take on uh, what happened last week? 
Well, yeah, I mean, we're all, we're, all, we're human. We, we, you know, we can talk a big game. Yeah. Hey, we don't care. You know, but that, that definitely can affect you. The question is how do you react to it when you do see it, right? When you do see your red, that right. small peak, you see what's going on. Um, you know, because it was a pretty, it was actually been a pretty wild ride. Actually, for minor caps, some of the volatility started even before last week. It's been a lot of pullbacks since a lot of names, at least, that I own. And, uh, but look, I mean, the market's been up, you know, the straight shots at the bottom of the coronavirus. We have one bad week and people are getting all, you know, all been out of shape. This is expected. We should want it. We should want this market to reset and maybe find some opportunities. And, you know, as a long-term investor, I love these pullbacks because it gives me a chance to make some short-term investments, you know, and bring some short-term income as a full-time investor into my, you know, out of my portfolio. So your first reaction is, oh, wow, well, you know, it hurts taking a short-term hit, you know, in your portfolio value. But in the end, you know, if you can go in there and find some value, um, and even maybe buy some of the stocks you already own, you, know, you, you can just come back even faster. And that's how I'm viewing this pullback here. I think a lot of it, I, I don't, I have no idea, you know, why markets are volatile all the time. I don't, I don't make those predictions or market timing, but I think a little bit of it right now is you have this sort of maybe rotation going on in the market. I mean, you definitely had some just crazy stock, some, some blow off to, on the top, some stocks going crazy. Apple and Tesla splitting, you know, you just, all these euphoric kind of things happening. You know, you have, we, we might be coming out of, uh, with the coronavirus or rotation, I guess, possibly um, the market trying to figure out once the economy keeps opening up, um, how does that look for who's going to take the leadership in stocks? So you have a lot of these COVID stocks coming down really hard also. Um, and and the, the challenge there is going to be if you want to play that area, which how, which one of these you know stock drops are going to be more permanent where a lot of companies aren't going to benefit as much anymore from serving um, certain needs and that coronavirus created for them, and how many of these are going to have a longer-term runway. And I think maybe the markets, that's one thing going on, I think, at least I've noticed it in, in the few stocks I own in that sector or in that area. Um, but I, like, I think it's healthy, and I'm looking forward to it um, and looking for opportunity. Yeah, I, I mean, look, when, we, when you see the markets go down a little bit, most savvy investors that either have a, have a watch list or have been maybe waiting for you know, a company that they like, but maybe just not at the current valuation. You're like, oh, a little dip. Maybe maybe a couple ideas that I like. They're starting to take a little dip too. I mean, you know, that's that's kind of the classic thought process. But I mean, you have a little. You're you're a little more nuanced. You you tend to look somewhere a little differently when it comes to when you see these drops. You know, what what's some of the things that maybe you look for when you see a little bit of volatility going on on the downside in the more in the in the macro some of these general markets. I don't think they, you know, I'm not saying different than anybody else. I mean, you know, there's lots of people who look, they look for these volatile markets to establish positions. But I like, I like to try and, as you said, look for stocks that I wish I had more of, or maybe I sold in the last run, and then I, they come down a price that I, could, I didn't think they would come down to to, to buy back. Um, but I look for kind of clues to help to be more confident in any moves I'm going to make. And I think something we've talked about in the past a lot, and I talk about it, it seems like every three, four months, <laughs> are the form four filings of watching insiders, uh, what they're doing, especially in the smaller capitalized stocks, because, you know, it may, I think it makes more of a difference. Uh, it's more impactful when I see these smaller companies, um, you know, buy share, their management buy shares in their own company in the open market. You know, these are, you know, smaller companies, the CEOs probably aren't, you know, as wealthy yet as some of the larger companies, CEOs. So when they make these bets, and a lot of them are already all in. It means something to me. You know, we're looking for, so again, so once you get to like the last two weeks, I've been paying close attention to form four filings because 
if I look back at you know past more corrections, not so much COVID. There wasn't a lot of I didn't notice a lot of insider buying until maybe the the end of the the, the, the trough in COVID. But almost every crisis I've been through, I've always looked for that, and you've seen a lot of um, you know insider buying um, to help drive confidence in what I'm doing. So starting to see it now in a few stocks generally that I that I own actually and. Actually, some stocks come, have come down to COVID levels. And we're not even in that situation yet. So I thought that was really some, a gift there. Um, particularly, uh, I, I can talk about a few of them if you, if you, you want to, but um, that's, that's what I'm doing right now. But the, the, I'm going to try and share my screen for one second, I guess, to show you, again, just if you're new to Form 4 Files, many of you probably aren't, so this is going to be a little boring for you. But um, there's... You want, we're looking for open market buys. We're looking for, not we're looking for, we're not looking for companies that are receiving options or you know free stock. We want them to put their own money in the, in, in, the, in their companies. And um, some signs we look for, for example, and by the way, we're doing that is like um, some signals. We like it when actually companies buy stock at their highs when they're at their high. That that, that shows me. Um, I say companies, management teams. Um, we like it if we haven't seen a form for a buy in a long time, and all of a sudden we see some buying going on. And we'd like to see if we see outsized buying going on, some really big shares buying going on um, that is not characteristic of what they've done in the past. Imagine. And we like looking at companies that have like team, people who have actually been successful in picking bottoms, you know, and following them. Hey, Maj, let me ask you a question. Is there some kind of metric that you use when you're looking at, let's say, you know, CEO goes in, makes, does an open market buy? Do you do, is there any type of metric that you use, like a percentage of, let's say, you know, um, like there, like a, the, the, the dollar amount that was purchased over their yearly salary or something like that, to, you know, just to kind of get an idea of like, oh, that was a, they just bought 3% of whatever that metric would be called. I'm sure there's a name for it and I just don't know. Um, I mean, do, do, you, do you actually, do you consider that? That's, that's fair. Obviously, you know, the, the, the bigger the bet, the more excited you get. But I, I even look at small buys as, as a sign. I mean, our, the companies we invest in as a micro cap investor and nano caps are illiquid companies. So just because the CEO might all go in there and buy 500 shares of a $5 stock, maybe this he couldn't buy more, maybe. So it's, you know, I look at it in, you know, in respect of everything. And and they all work together. So if, a C, if, a, if an insider bought stock to put a thousand shares, a five dollar stock, but that's the first time he bought like in two years. I start, you know, and then you take a look at the percentage of what he owns. You can do that and stuff. But it's, I start seeing it's, it's a signal. It might not be as strong a signal as a bigger buy, but it's something that's at least worth watching. And you know, it's just the best way, in my opinion, for even a novice investor getting involved in the stock market wants to actually have success. It's one of the best ways to start really building a pipeline. I mean, I, I venture to say that if you were a new investor getting involved in the stock market and you want a one thing to do, you know, make this one of them. Really, hard your heart is building a portfolio of these kind of stocks. Of course, you've tracked form fours, the right ones, and you do research beyond that to kind of solidify the pipeline. But, I mean, look, for anybody, if this is your first time ever hearing Maj, uh, you'll learn very quickly. He has two middle names. It's InfoArb and Form Fours. So it's Maj InfoArb Form Four Swaydon. Just just so it's clear. Obviously, it's not wealthy. Obviously, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I'm 
working on that. Yeah, right. <laughs> Wishful thinking, I guess, is better. Yeah, right. Yeah. So, all right, Mush, you, you're about, you say you're about to share a screen. Let's see. What, yeah, I'll share a screen. I'll, I'll show you, like, we talked about direct purchases, and I'll go over one of the stocks we're looking at, and maybe I'll mention a couple other ones. But let's um, go here. Um, what is that there? I don't know what's coming up here. Here we go. <laughs> don't worry, I'm not. I'm not editing it out. It's Labor Day. This is going. <laughs> this is going out as is. Can you see that? Nope. <laughs> and for those who are just listening to oh, this, I can't hold see. On, hold, hold on, I got it. We, we took it off already. Uh, I, I made it. I made it so you, you could. Uh, multiple participants can share. Yeah. Now I gotta find it. Oh, there we go. It happened here. Don't worry, I just hope you're, just make sure you're listening to this at this part at 1.5 speed, okay? Okay. Oh, here we go. Bang. Can you, there it is. Can you see the article? I can see the article. Right. Put your phone on silent. You heard that? Oh my God, that was a, I don't even hear that vibration. Throw, throw it on the couch or something. I, I tell you this, you know, you have been doing good though. You're not banging the desk this week though. So we have some market improvement. All right, so here we go. Oh shit, it got a little slow. So you, you see this, Bobby? It's a little small. Can you, uh, can you enlarge it a little more? Well, you can, um, I mean, you can kind of more or less see it. Just explain away, Maj. Yeah, what I really want to get to here is, not even about this stuff here, the, the picture. We call the secret codes. So you want to, this, uh, this article, which I'll have you share if you want to share it, shows, um, lets us know, um, what code to look like in a form to look at in a form for filing to understand if we have an open market purchase um, or, or, or there's like real money being put in the stock as opposed to like grants and other kind of free money kind of thing or, um, or free shares. Um, and so you have your, you know, P is an open market private purchase, S open market private sale, and the V is a voluntary reporter earlier than required. So it's, it's still related to a, it could be related to a P or an S also. But more like, we're really, we're looking for the P's and the S. And then actually, and for this purpose, we don't, I don't really care about insider selling that much. I'm really more focused on insider buying. It's just a bit of a better indicator. So I'm looking to see that the Form 4 has a P in, a, in the right area. So if we look at one company that I've, you know, obviously talked about a lot is CareMD, ReproMed Systems. It's a home healthcare company. They've held it for, you know, since 2007, eight now. And it had a really nice run um, from, you know, 10 cents back then to, I think got as high as 12 or 13 bucks this year. Um, it's been an amazing run. And a part of that run that, um, that made me even more confident when the stock was actually around 40, 50 cents, 30 cents was the emergence of Joseph Manco of Horton Capital Management. Um, I guess like he's an activist to some degree. He didn't, um, he, um, I think he got involved with the company through a private, like a small offering back um, several years ago, maybe 13, 14, if I remember correctly. And um, he was a friend, he was friendly, um, added to the, to the company at that time, was not on the board. Um, eventually, um, the company started having some problems, uh, some quality control issues. There were some FDA issues around that time. Um, shortly after that, he got involved. But yeah, he still started buying in, in, um, stock, even though the, the company received an FDA warning letter, um, in, which took a couple of years to resolve. He was heavily buying stock um, during the, that questionable, that um, 
questionable time for the company, helping me you know, make me feel a little bit better about my investment. And he just couldn't stop buying. He kept buying at 50 cents. They eventually resolved the problem with the FDA. He was buying at 50 cents, 50 cents. Kept buying the whole around the, all like the two, 250, I mean, 220, 225 was his last purchase. Uh, I believe that was early 2020. Um, or maybe, I'm sorry, or maybe it was, I can't remember the date, but maybe it was 2019. But so, you know, he obviously had, I, I watched Joseph Manco to see what he does and see if he ever comes back in the stock. So stock was only ran out of 11, 12 bucks and then, or 13 bucks. And yeah, I haven't, I haven't seen anything from Joseph. And recently the stock pulled back really hard all the way like the, the low sevens here out of the blue. The stock had a great run, was probably selling a premium valuation. And it could be thought of as a coronavirus play. I mean, indirectly because they're a home healthcare company. Um, they sell home infusion therapy system. And maybe a lot of that money is coming out of it now. And so it just had this, this incessant selling for, you know, a couple of weeks. And all of a sudden, boom, there he was again, Mr. Manco, uh, buying stock. And um, you, you, this, is, this, is one of the, this is the second form. We filed four, two form fours in two days. The first one was only 5,000, 6,000 shares, I'm sorry. Uh, this is the last week. And the second one was 25,000 shares. And you notice here it says P here in the code. It was a direct market purchase. You'll see it was 25,000 shares and the average price is 725. Um, you see how many shares he owns here, um, owns there. So um, he actually, I want to go here too. I want to show you, uh, he has several different funds that he owns a stock in, as you can see here. Now, if you go to, the exhibit, there's a little one on that right there, a little one. So you go down to here and you, you scroll down the form four at the bottom for the footnotes, you'll see a one. So we says see exhibit 991 of this form four. We go here, we just go back and there's an exhibit here, as you can see. And it just, it just confirms what we thought here. The price reported in column four is a weighted average price. Or purchased in multiple transactions, the prices range from 715 to 739. Now that you know, so those that um those two days where he was buying stock, the stock was down pretty hard and he kind of gave support. So I that was a great sign. We we put a call to action on geo investing. Hey, we're, we're gonna add a little bit of um, trading shares around our core portfolio. We still we sold some on the way up, and now we want to maybe buy some back here on the way down. And I, I'm not think I would see this price. And what's interesting here is that. You know, Manco's last price before this was two twenty. Now he's now he's willing to pay seven dollars. You know, a few months later, so that to me is a huge bull sign. Anyway, there's and there's actually some info arb on the last conference call Q two that I don't know if any people caught on to where they they made some commentary about their international um, marketing um, goals moving forward and that maybe it's as big as the U S opportunity. I just think you got to, the stock probably got ahead of itself. Selling high multiple had to pull back some, so it's going to be interesting to watch this play out and see what happens here, but. Those are kind of things we look at. You know, so that was a little bit of how the thought process went on there, you know. Um, and there's a couple other companies you might want to look at, I guess. Um, well, another one was uh, Pacific Ethanol, PEIX. Hate, hate this company for years. Hate what they do. Um, they're a you know, leading marketer and producer of low-carbon renewable fuels. Unpredictable business. Real volatile. Um, you know, and there's a lot of things out of the, out of the control of the, price, uh, of, of the company in terms of pricing. 
but they've made some changes recently uh, to, to try and um, address that. And one of them was actually getting involved in um, the COVID-19, I guess, um, play here, where they transitioned some of their idle plants that they had stopped um, for some of their business that was unpredictable and restarted them to actually start making alcohol products for, you know, um, hand sanitizers. So, and I, and I thought that was interesting and they had a great Q1, a Q2, I believe it was. And the forecast looks really good for the next 18 months. And I think it's one of those things where you might actually see one, one of those COVID-19 things that might last for a while, actually, well beyond um, many other plagues. I don't think the washing of hands and sanitization is going to go away. It's, it's like a really low multiple. Um, so, and um, the stock really hasn't gotten much. It had a, it had a, it's had a pretty big run from like one to four dollar area. It was, but then it's just like stabilized even after the Q2 earnings. And then we saw some really big form four, some really big buys are coming in recently. Some huge buys actually. Um, so we're really excited to watch how that plays out over time. So that, we decided we don't own a big position, a small position because I haven't interviewed management yet. And I bought it as more of a shorter term play originally. Um, but when I, now when I saw the form four plays come in, I'm a little more intrigued about understanding more about what's going on and if this business has become more predictable. Um, and you know if um, if there's any more assets they can sell to pay down some debt because they do have some debt, so you can you can look at a scenario where they can maybe pay down all their debt, which has been a problem with this company, be a more predictable business, you know, and the company might be selling at a PE of like four or five now on some future estimates that we came up with, which might be a decent PE if it was and it's all business, but if it's becomes more predictable, reduces the debt burden, has a cleaner balance sheet. You know, I could see the PE really expanding a lot more. So that's something we're looking into. And lastly, there's um, LSYN, Libsyn. This is a pretty interesting company, interesting story. Um, it, it's a podcast company. Uh, they have a, plat a podcast platform. It's around like in, in the mid $3 range now. And um, we saw some form force come in from a new CEO who had joined the company recently. Um, and the stock's trading near its highs, actually, which was interesting, which is nice to see. Um, and it, there's buying going on there. So that's one of the flags, one of the positive flags we look for. CEOs, you know, or in, insiders buying stock at their highs, which, by the way, PIX is in that area, too. Uh, but was the interest, interesting backstrop on, on uh, Libsyn, uh, and I'll close at this body after the story, um, is that Libsyn was a spinoff of a company, um, uh I hear for the name. I just the symbol. The symbol, interesting, was F U, <laughs> and it was a <laughs> fraudulent Chinese company <laughs> that we busted, <laughs> and um, it was halt. It got halted, and you know we had a great report on it. Stock went down a lot, and during the it was halted for like I think eight nine months. So I was paying a ton of interest. I made money in the stock in the end, but not near as much as I would have made because during the halt, um, stock was around three or four dollars, and during the halt you're paying interest on your short. And I think the short interest may be 70, 80%. So, you know, so typically that we thought accordingly, the simple FU was according, according for the stock because we're getting fucked by, you know, paying interest in this thing, probably paying it to the insiders who own the stock, you know, and then, um, so, uh, but anyways, interestingly speaking, the CEO on that company, uh, so, um, I think his name was Chris Spencer. Um, 
he was, I'm sure he was, a, he was a CEO. Yeah, CEO. And there was a little small, little, Libsyn was a small part of the company. So basically it was kind of media company doing stuff in China. But this Libsyn company was a US company, this podcast platform that they weren't really doing much with. The stock got as low as like, you know, pennies. And they spun this Libsyn off around 10, 20, 30 cents years ago. And this is all about 2014, I think, is happening, if I remember correctly. And so now that stock is three, you know, three dollars in some sense. So this CEO was able to take this podcast company, do something with it. And I guess some activists got involved and wanted this guy out of the picture, though. And I think they wanted to get the whole team out that was still there from remnants of the old days. So interestingly, we own this stock. We owned it for a little bit of time, I think, from the twos. And um, my brother actually wrote an article, the article on this one, which, um, which was, a, was a pretty good article, which is a good backup of what happened. But it's ironic that we're buying a stock, uh, basically remnants of a, of a stock that was part of a fraud that we busted also. So it's, called, it's come full circle. And uh, it's interesting that now, now, now we'd love to see that he, the old manager team is gone, new manager team is in. The podcast kind of place is like interesting play here now. Um, you know, like an interesting... Maj, I, I, I will have to say for full disclosure, we, well, one, we don't own shares in Liberated uh, Syndication, but uh, we also publish this on Podbean. They're that's, that's, that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> that's fine. Well, for now. For now. <laughs> yeah. I'm actually, in, in the interest of transparency, I've looked at both platforms, but you know what? I just happened to find Podbean first and you know, I've, I haven't had any issues with it. Well, let's pick your brain about it because you own a stock. So I'd like to hear you think about it. Maybe sometime we can talk about it and compare them. It'd be great. For sure. Or pure link style. Yeah. So. <laughs> there you go. That, Actually, I, I mean, if, if I could say, and, and again, I'm not a shareholder or anything like that, you know, I, I think it, for at least from, from a podcaster perspective, when it came to um, evaluating the two at the time, and this back in 2015, when I started, Planet Microcap, um, it really, uh, Podbean was the first one that I saw. They, they just marketed the hell out of it, you know, and, uh, right. and I went with that. And they, they, it, at the time, it didn't really seem like much of a difference. Um, so I just, and I, th- and I think at the time, Podbean might have been a little cheaper. Um, well, I don't, even, I don't even think, well, tell you the truth. I mean, I'm not impressed with the growth that Listen's had recently. They had a lot of growth uh, for, you know, couple of years and it's really slowed down when I thought it would be actually accelerating right now during COVID and stuff. So maybe that was part of the reason they asked the management because um, the current activists put in a new management team probably thought there's a lot more growth opportunity that's not right. being exploited. Yeah. No, I mean, look, I think the fact that, I mean, if there's any indication about podcasting, uh, we launched three shows in the last month and a half, you know, and, and, you know, and, Seems like everybody has a podcast nowadays, so you know it's yeah. <laughs> it's only growing. It ain't stopping. No, no. I'm I'll actually send you that pro report too if you want to post it. Yeah, <laughs> on the, yeah, on definitely. A pretty cool. Yep. Mem- brought back some memories for us. Oh, absolutely. Hey, by the way, by the way, we I also have to read this tweet that Mosh put out last week just to give you more of an indication of how much he loves Form Force. He tweeted out, and I quote here: "It's amazing how my heart flutters." When I see a Form 4 filing in a stock I own, showing that management and or directors are buying shares in the open market. Helps explain why I'm 50 and still single. I have a serious problem. Have a great holiday weekend. Just want to make sure that was clear 
about how much Maj loves Foreign Force. It's not. It's mostly true. <laughs> so, actually, today I was walking down the street. I, I saw, you know, I saw a person wearing like a Quicksilver shirt, and the first thing I thought was brought back memories of Quicksilver. I owned the stock back in the day. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, oh, that's a, that's, a, that's a sad. That's a sad story. The 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 founder. He's he passed away a few years ago. Yeah. yeah that's a sad story, but I think I mean, the symbol was, was a QIK. I forgot. I don't think it was that. Hey, as an active follower of the surf industry, I mean that industry's just gotten just shrunk like so much. Oh, yeah. Oh my life gosh. Is good shirt. You like you wear those? Right? That's that a big surfer. Life, the life, good life is good. Is that a good? That's a maybe. Maybe that was back in like the early nineties. I don't know. I mean, I, I was like when 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 like the brands were huge. It was like Billabong, Quicksilver, Hurley, um, Rip Curl, and uh, I mean, well, this is a skating brand, but I remember Stussy. Remember Stussy? I remember them. No, that I saw was... a Hurley shirt. Someone in a Hurley shirt today. Someone actually the gym. Oh, okay. There you go. Yeah, they're still the Hurley shirts are still around there. You know, they haven't gone away fully. All right. Well, Maj, I think we're rounding the bend here, you know, uh, real quick before we uh, get some final takes, um, full disclosure, if you do own any, uh, I mean, you yeah, I, I, I own all three of the stocks I talked about there, uh, KRMV, LSY, and PIX, I do own, um, cool. and PIEX is a shorter, I, I bought it recently. I've owned KRMV and LSY for a little bit of time. So. Got it. And, and also from my perspective, uh, full disclosure from my end and also for SNN, we do not own any shares of any of the stocks that were mentioned today. Now, Maj, since we're recording this on Labor Day and this is going to go out early morning on Tuesday, give us, uh, you know, with everything that happened last week, you know, you got a take on what people may see this week or your thoughts on what you might see? No idea. <laughs> I just, I just know I'm looking for more, more opportunity on these more floors. But, uh, yeah, I wish, I wish I could tell you that. So if I would tell you, I'm probably gonna be wrong. <laughs> All <laughs> I can okay. tell you is if I see a lot of red, I'm walking away. That's that's <laughs> the biggest prediction I can give you. <laughs> if you see, if you're right, you're gonna walk away. Is that what you said? If I, yeah, I see red, I'm walking away. <laughs> but um, a geo that we have, we are actually interviewing a couple companies live on our, on our geo vesting this week. Oh, cool. So, so nice. Do you want to say which ones now, or you can't? I can't, I don't want to say just yet. Gotta, gotta, All right. We're working on it. We got two this week. Um, these are actually in one, uh, one next week. Oh, cool. All right. Well, let's, uh, let's end it there, dude. Uh, where can everybody go and follow you on uh, social media? Yeah, go to G- um, geoinvestment.com. You can um, find our website or more about us and you can take, take a free trial if you're interested. Um, find me at, at Maj Geoinvesting, my personal Twitter, and Geoinvesting is an at Geoinvesting. Um, Perfect. And you can call me at 267-246-3263 if you want to talk, reach out, reach out to me. Very good. All right. Well, with that, um, you can follow or, or listen to Avoiding the Crowd podcast wherever podcasts are available. Uh, that's including on the website, avoidingthecrowd.podbean.com. And uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Bobby K. Kraft. That's B-O-B-B-Y-K-K-R-A-F-T. And you can also see the video version of this on our YouTube, on the SNN Network YouTube channel. And that's youtube.com slash Wire. All right, Maj, let's go salvage the rest of this uh, Labor Day that we can. What do you say? Actually, yep. I can, I can do the weekly right now. <laughs> <laughs> nice, dude. Get after it. Yeah. All right, buddy. All right, man. Take care. 
This podcast is for informational purposes only and is not an offer or solicitation of any offer to buy or sell securities. SNN Network and Maj Don are not licensed brokers, broker-dealers, market makers, investment bankers, investment advisors, analysts, or underwriters. We do not recommend any companies discussed. We may buy and sell securities in any company mentioned and may profit in the event those securities rise in value. We recommend you consult with a professional investment advisor, broker, or legal counsel before purchasing or selling any securities referenced in this podcast.